Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Good morning. What a privilege it is to be here this morning. It's been it's been several years since I've had the opportunity to, to speak, and um, when Pastor Jeff asked me, I'm thank you. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be here and to share the word with you this morning. Uh, I was here last week. I I really wanted to to, to uh, play a joke on him. He he saw me walk in and and he said, "Now you're 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 going to be here next Sunday." And I I so wanted to look at him and said, oh, "I thought it was today," and uh, but I I didn't do that. And, uh, and you'll see us pop in from here. Hey, this is a great church. You guys are great people. And uh, anytime we can, we can be here, we want to be here. And you guys have a great pastor, his wife, Pastor Jeff, Miss Lisa, and staff, and, and from the, every one of them, uh, phenomenal. And uh, you guys are really blessed. And I hope you understand that. I hope you realize and know that, how blessed you really are to have the, the people here that love God, that want to serve God. Uh, in the capacity here at this church. So thank you for being here. Uh, it's an honor for me to be here. I want to share with you. Um, I think I've got a, a few slides up there. Some some point they'll throw up there. And um, But it is good to be here. It's been a, it's been a, a busy summer, a great summer. We, we had Falcon Youth Camp and and just to kind of highlight just a, uh, just a few moments, we had, we had young people saved, rededicated their lives, filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and five called into ministry. And uh, it was a powerful time this summer. And uh, despite the, the, all the things that surrounded uh, what was going on with schools and all the other things, we, we pushed forward and God was faithful. And, and we're so excited about what God continues to do and what he wants to do. Um, I want to share with you this morning... They can throw that picture up or if they have some stuff later. Uh, I am married. My wife is here. It's great to have my wife with me. In fact, she, she, uh, she drove for me this morning where I could have a last-minute look over my notes, which was nice. And, uh, and I thought, man, I read through all my notes in about 12 minutes. It's going to be a short morning. But, uh, and then I got to thinking, man, it's always a, really an honor and privilege to be here and preach both services because if I don't get it right at 9, just stay for 11, all right? And, uh, and we'll try to make sure that we get it right in the 11 o'clock service and, and make sure that everything's good. But it is good to be here. Let's, let's pray. Lord, I love you and I praise you and I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you're a God that sees us and you know us and you know exactly where we are at this very moment in time. God, you see us and you know us. And there's some maybe here this morning that are going through great difficulty. There may be some that are going through great adversity and stress and trials and and struggles. God, I pray that you'll speak peace this morning. I pray that you'll encourage, that you'll lift up the body this morning. As we gather together and we come, Lord, together corporately, God, may we we just sense your presence. May we, we feel you and know that you are real, that you're working in and through our lives. We commit everything completely and totally to you this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. You know, I'm always amazed watching this particular show on HGTV, which is my favorite channel. I'm just kidding. I, I let some of the guys down right there. It's really my wife's favorite channel, okay? But there's a show called House Hunters International. Any of you seen that show? Uh, House Hunters International. 
And, and I've, I'm always amazed watching this because often you will see a family that will, will leave one country and they'll move to another country. Sometimes that entails an entirely new language. I would be lost. I know I spent some time years ago in Bogota, Colombia, and, and, and I was just tickled when I got to go to this hamburger place and I could say, Cuatro Cinco, and they'd say, oh, see, see, see. He wanted a, he wanted a three-quarter hamburger. That's what I wanted. And a vanilla malteada. And I was just like, yeah, I've got it, I've got it. But I see these people, and they go to these countries, and, and they, they may not even speak the same language. Uh, it entails a new culture, new people, new food. And, and there have been times that they've even had to learn to drive in the, in the wrong side of the car on the wrong side of the road. Try telling a native that. I did that once, and he whipped the van and the oncoming traffic and asked me, which is the right side of the road? But you'll see these people, and they'll go, and they'll settle into this new country, and they'll make it their home. There are difficulties, but they make it work. I want you to look this morning at Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. as God's commission to Joshua. And it says this in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, I want you to think about that for a minute. After the death of Moses, it was a difficult time. Had to be. He'd been with Joshua. Moses had been with Joshua. Joshua had been with Moses. They'd spent time together. And we find out that now the death of Moses, the servant, is dead. Verse 2 says, My servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. As I read this passage, I thought, you know, how would I like to be Joshua? How would you like to be Joshua? Remember, if you think back and if you read back in, in these passages, that Caleb and Joshua were the only two spies that Moses sent to spy Canaan that came back with a positive Report. Joshua had been in waiting mode for 40 years as they wandered in the desert. And now he's told, hey, you're fixing to take over. Moses is dead. And, he, and he's come through the history of knowing 40 years as they wandered in the, in the wilderness, in the desert. And let's be honest this morning. Nobody likes to wait. If you like to wait, eh, I, I would have stopped there. We, we've all been on those phone calls and we've been put on hold to hear elevator music and, and the announcement that says, thank you for calling. Your call is very important to us. The next available agent will be with you shortly. The music stops and you get excited just to hear the announcement again. <laughs> and again. And again. But we don't like waiting. And we don't like to be put on hold. We can't do the things that we want to do, and we feel like the opportunities have been stolen from us. So here's Joshua that's had to wait and probably feels like everything has been put on hold. And now he's been tasked to lead the children and the grandchildren of the people that would not listen in the first place. I'm sure he was excited, but at the same time, he was aggravated. He had to be. Let's be honest, he was human. He had to have thought. We could have done this a long time ago. And we find out Joshua and Caleb, they were willing and ready in Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. And the whole community was ready to stone them. And then the 40-year hiatus begins. But hear me this morning. Joshua's challenge was to lay hold of God's promises 
and walk in victory despite adversity. I want to say that again. The challenge was to walk in victory despite adversity. See, if we're not careful, oftentimes when anything hard comes, we think, man, something's wrong. Or I, or I can't do this. Or we give up and we, we quit, and often we quit way, way too early. But his challenge was to lay hold of God's promises and walk in victory despite adversity. See, we heard a little bit this last week, Canaan is not a picture of heaven or foreshadowing of heaven. There were giants and conflict in the land. Rest assured, I don't believe there are any conflicts or giants in heaven. But the children of Israel had been freed from Egyptian bondage. They had crossed the Red Sea. They had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Then they crossed the Jordan River to the promised land, Canaan, and probably thought everything's going to be great and dandy and everything's going to be perfect and there's nothing bad that's going to happen. See, the problem or opportunity was that there were giants in the land. See, I think they probably had a picture that they were going to walk into Canaan and the Canaanites were just going to hand everything over on a silver platter. And you know what? I'm guilty of thinking that way sometimes too. Just because I've done everything right, just because I've followed God and listened to Him, that everything is going to go perfect. It's going to get better, I promise. It's not gloom and doom this morning. But so often we think everything's just going to be great and grand. And we think, man, what's going on? There's these problems that are rising. But there were giants in the land, and the Canaanites weren't just going to hand it over on silver platters. And even though it was the promised land, there were obstacles to overcome. Hear me this morning. Obstacles and adversity did not change Joshua's assignment to lay hold of God's promises and walk in victory. And as Christians, as disciples of Christ, we've been set free, but there are obstacles and trials and and temptations. So how do we walk in victory? How do we thrive in enemy territory? What is the secret to surviving and thriving in enemy territory? I'm glad you asked. We're going to get to that here in just a minute. Joshua 4, 1 through 3 says this and it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua take for yourselves 12 men from the people one man from every tribe and command them saying take for yourselves 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan from the place where the priest's feet stood firm you shall carry them over with you and lead them in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight and then jump down to verses 21 through 23 of the same chapter it says and he spoke to the children of Israel saying when your children ask their fathers in times to come say times to come saying where are these what are these stones what are these stones you shall let your children know saying Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea which he dried up before us until we had crossed over three words this morning remember reflect and recall remember reflect and recall we have to consciously and constantly remind ourselves and remember what God has 
done. I stole some of this message from my dad. My dad was, was preaching at a, at a service, and I, and I said, Dad, I, I, wanna, I want some of those notes from that message. And I said, I, 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 want, the, I, want, the, I want the message that you, that you preached about slapping some stones. And he said, son, what are you talking about? And in fact, I think one of my first slides was slapping stones. And he goes, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, Dad, you, you, just, just send me the stuff, and we'll, we'll, we'll pick and choose and figure out what I want to do here. But we have to remember reflect and recall we have to remember what God has done and see the stones and the rocks were to were to be reminders of how God had come through in the past he provided manna in the desert water from a rock their shoes didn't even wear out and these rocks were to be symbols to remind them of what God had done Psalm 103 2 through 6 says bless the Lord O my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your soul with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. See, see Psalm 103, 2 through 6 is a reminder. And everybody has a, a past and a, and a book of life lessons. And you have to remind yourself and the enemy where God has brought you from. I can remember a place in my life where, where I was raised in a very godly, a Christian home. And I struggled. And there were times that I struggled. And really the big struggle, looking back on it was, I had said, I don't want to be in full-time ministry. You hear that often. But that was me. I said, I, that's not what I want to do. I want to go. I, I was going to be an accountant. I was going to major in accounting. So I went to UAB and, and began to major in accounting and then, and, and then got to a place where I was like, man, what in the world? And my dad said, why don't you just come home? And for whatever reason, I just left and, and came home. Still really don't know the answer. Just, just knew I was running from God. Find myself at a junior college, then end up at a manual from, through a weird situation. I, I didn't even know a manual existed. Didn't even really know anything about the PH church. At that time, I was, my, my mom and dad, were, I was about 13 years old. They started going to an Assemblies of God church, and my youth pastor had graduated from Emmanuel. And it's amazing the way that you look back on things and you go, man, God, you're amazing. But I can remember thinking, God, I, I'm not where I need to be. And I can remember finally committing my life and saying, God, I want to surrender my life to you. I want you to use me. Even to a place riding down the interstate on I-59 in Gadsden, Alabama and going, God, I, I, would, I would begin to pray and just reflect on where, where God had brought me from and remembering what God had done already in my life to that point and felt like I could just reach out and grab his hand next to me in the seat. You ever been in those situations? I, I pray God now when I'm riding down the road. God, I, I'm, you know, it's going to be pretty amazing. You, somebody says, man, uh, John Oliver, uh, they, they thought he was drunk and, and, and he hit something because I mean, it's probably going to be because I actually feel something. I was riding down the road the other day and said, God, just, just grab my hand. I just want to know that you're here. Any of you been there? But you have to remind yourself and remember what God has done in your life. And I look back on those situations and I thank God, God, for what you've brought me from and where you've brought me to. And God, what you have, the plans that you have for my life. Because I know God's word says there are plans to prosper me. Do you believe that this morning? For every one of us this morning, plans to prosper you as a hope and a future. But if we sit around and watch the news, you don't think like there's not much future. Amen. But God's word says, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Isn't that what it says? 
And if we truly believe God's word, we have to remember and reflect and recall and continue as we move forward in this journey called life until he comes. We've got to be ready. That was last week. Powerful word last week. Be ready. But on this journey of life, we have to remember, we have to reflect, and we have to recall. And Psalm 103 is a reminder, and he's reflecting and recalling. We have to remind ourselves what God has done and what God has done in your life. You might need to stack some stones. And I'm telling you, the key to surviving and thriving in enemy territory is stacking stones. Slap some stones. See, Jesus himself stacked some stones, amen? He rolled away a stone. You believe that this morning? He became the chief cornerstone. And see, the cornerstone supports all other stones. David stacked some stones. In 1 Samuel 17, 34 through 36, David said to, said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or bear came and took a, a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and I struck it and delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by his beard and struck and I killed it. What was he doing? He was stacking stones. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. What's he doing? Stacking stones. He says, He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. David stacked some stones. From Max Licato, if you've heard of him, he's an author, a pastor, and he wrote this book called Glory Days. And in this book, Max, he tells a story about some years back where his daughter reminded him of this great truth. Max one morning tells a story that he was driving his daughter, Andre, to middle school one morning, and she noticed that Max was very anxious. And she asked him why he was so quiet and what was bothering him, and, and he told her he was worried about meeting a book deadline. And kids aren't always aware of, of, of what their parents do. I can tell you my kids still, you know, everybody asks me all the time, what do you, what do, you do? Are you a pastor? Are you, are you an ordained minister? I work with a conference. But kids sometimes aren't aware exactly what their, their parents do and, and the profession. And she asked her dad, haven't you written some other? He told her he was worried about meeting a deadline. I think I forgot that part. And she asked her dad, haven't you written some other books? And he responded, yes. And she said, well, how many? And at that time, the answer was only about 15. So this was several years ago. Now he's written about 100 books and sold 130 million copies. But he was worried about missing this deadline. And she said, you, you've written some other books? Yes. You ever missed a deadline? No. She said, so God has helped you 15 times already. He's helped you each time. He said, yes. She responded, if he has helped you 15 times, don't you think he'll help you this time? See, the translation is this, stack some stones. See, the, the enemy wants us to see the mountain, not the mountain mover. He wants to see the problem and not the solution, the obstacle, not the opportunity. But we have to remind ourselves to continue stacking stones. I'm telling you this morning, we've got to have a dogged determination to finish strong and win. You realize the name Caleb means 
in the Hebrew, dog. I like that. I got a little bulldog in me. How about some of you? You got some bulldog? But the name Caleb means dog. And think about this. Caleb and Joshua had had a unique relationship. As, they, as I mentioned uh, earlier, they would have conquered Canaan 40 plus years earlier. But at 85, Caleb, dog, is saying, I want my mountain. See, despite their shortcomings, Israel is the only nation that kept their identity through captivity when all others were absorbed by Babylonian culture. The main reason? They stacked some stones. See, we have to remind ourselves what God has done and what he'll continue to do. Hebrews 13, 8, everyone in here probably can say it, says this. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me translate for you again. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It means what it says. Remember to whom you belong. We need to know who God is and we need to know who we are. You know, you can look through the Bible and, and search and find out who God is for yourself. And I encourage you to do that. See who God is and continue to learn who he is. Challenge yourself to know him more on a daily basis. Continue to ask him to reveal himself to you, what he has for your life and what he desires in and through you. Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen says this, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you do you believe that this morning there's nothing too hard for you Isaiah 40 21 through 23 says this have you not known have you not heard has it not been told you from the beginning have you not understood from the foundations of the earth it is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in he brings the princes to nothing he makes the judges of the earth, earth useless. One version says, as vanity. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. When we realize who God is, the only reasonable thing to do is to submit to him. God is good. James 1.17 says, every good and every perfect gift is from where? Above. It comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning remember reflect recall stack some stones see voices await us all today John Acuff says soundtracks and voices stand on the intersections of your social life and your, your family life and we can't eliminate their presence but we can be prepared for their invitation remember who you are you're God's child. You've been bought by the blood of Christ. You've been set apart. And Romans 8, 31 through 39 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but delivered for him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. And we know this part. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril sore, as it is written, for your sake we're killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. 
through him who loved us. And he goes on, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any created thing shall be to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We've got to remember who we are in Christ. We've got to remember where we are. This is Canaan. Pastor Jeff spoke last week about being ready. And in fact, I had to put this one in quotes. He said, you've got to be rapture ready for the divine snatch. That was a quote from last week. But let's, let's conquer as much as we can while we're here. Amen? This is the land of grace and hope and freedom and truth. And Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it, rejoice. And I was thinking about this. Is it really possible to obey this command? Is it possible to, to maintain an interrupted uh, spirit of gladness? But this is not Paul's challenge. We are urged to rejoice in the Lord. To remember, to reflect, to recall. See, this, this verse is a call not to a feeling, but to a decision that is deeply rooted confidence. That God exists. That he is in control. And that he is good. And the Apostle Paul held firm to this belief. He had erected these cast iron stabilizers in the center of his in the center of his soul. And Paul's faith would never collapse. He had stabilized it with sturdy belief that was built on who God was and who he was in Christ. So remember what God has done. Remember who God is. Remember where you are. You're an individual, a child of God in need of help. One of Charles Schultz's famous peanut cartoons, Lucy is philosophizing. And Charlie's listening. And Charlie Brown she, she begins, life is a lot like a Decker lawn chair. She said, some people place it to see where they've been and some so they can see where they are at the present. And Charlie looks over at her and sighs, says, I can't even get mine unfolded. We need help. But at the same time, we are more than conquerors. Romans 8.15 says, For you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Matthew 6.9 says and begins this way. It doesn't say your Father or the Father. It says what? Our Father. Remember what God has done. Remember who God is. Remember who you are. And when you do this, you are stacking stones. And that's going to help you survive and thrive in enemy Territory. See, Joshua's challenge, what I said, was to lay hold of God's promises and walk in victory despite adversity. And the secret to survival and thrival in, in enemy territory is remembering what God has done, remembering who you belong and who you are in Christ and continuously looking to him. See, the commander-in-chief is the one that gives orders, and the one that gives orders, he is the strategy our commander-in-chief gives us strength and peace. He is strength and peace. And know this, if Jesus is your commander-in-chief, he is the secret to survival as you remember, as you reflect, as you recall what he has done, as you stack those stones. You know, this year has been a, 
These last couple of years, you've heard so many people talk about the craziness of life during this time. And it's been a crazy time. But I know this year, these last couple of years, and really this year at camp meeting, God really spoke to me about some things, and it was simply this. Do you really believe me? Do you really believe my words? And yet, oh, Lord. And, and I, I just I want to get to a place in my life where I can remember, reflect, and recall because I know God has a plan. I don't want to get so, so bogged down with all the adversity and all the things that are going on. But I want, to, I want to stack some stones and look back and remember, reflect, and recall and know that God has a purpose and a plan. And his church is going to thrive and survive. Amen? Yes. Don't listen to the doom and gloom. Amen. God is still God. He did it yesterday. He can do it again. God is so stirring in my heart that that he wants to move. A revival is taking place. And even at camp meeting this year on youth night, I remember saying, you know what, I I don't want to make excuses for God. I hear about God doing great things in other countries and and people coming to him as their Lord and Savior. And thank God was a 13 last week here in this church that said, I surrender my life to Christ. God is moving and God is working. But let's believe him for more. Can we do that? Can we stack some stones and look at them and go, God, I know you did it then. And that's what it's all about. When you stack stones, you're remembering what God has done, but it's also propelling you forward to say, I know he can do it again. And God has so challenged me to believe his word. Mark 9, 23 through 24 says, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, what's it say? If you can what? Believe. All things are possible to him who believes. This is a story of the, the father with a sick child. And immediately the father cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. And this has been my prayer. Help thou my unbelief. You know, this morning, how many of you would say, I need to remember? I need to reflect. I need to think back on times in my life where God has done some great and mighty things in my life and brought me through some things. And I need to remember and reflect and recall on those things because I know as I do that, it will propel me forward. You may need to say, I I, I remember some of those things. I need to stack some stones. You may need to say this morning, help me with my unbelief. As I just said, I want to believe God for great things. I want to see God move and work in and through me and others and his church thrive and survive. I want to see, I want to see the lost saved. I want to see the, 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 the lame walk. I want to see the, the deaf hear. I want to believe God for great things. I want my entire family and friends to be saved. I want them walking and living victoriously. In Christ Jesus. Really this morning, I just want to encourage you to this. Let's, let's just believe God to do some amazing things. Don't just say it. Believe it. See, we celebrate what we want to see more of. We don't remember what God has done just for the sake of remembering. We remember what God has done to build our faith, faith and propel us forward. So I guess my final question would be, do we truly believe what we expect God to do something great in our midst, in our lives, in our families' lives? Do we really believe that? Oh, God, help me to believe and help me to expect. 
So as we remember and slap some stones, let's not just remember for the sake of remember. Let's remember with anticipation and expectation what God can do. What he did then, he can still do now. John 14, 12 through 14 says this. Most surely I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I don't know about you, but when I read that, you will do greater works than these. Can you just think about that for a moment? He said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Right? I don't think God's church is just going to die off. Come on. But we got to stack some stones. We got to remember. We got to reflect. We got to recall. And we got to understand that God wants us to live a victorious life despite the adversity. You'll do greater works than these. Celebrate the past. Anticipate the future with great expectancy. Here's what's awesome. Not that we have to work it up or do, but it's all about Jesus and his kingdom coming and his will being fulfilled. So I'm telling you this morning, slap some stones with expectation and anticipation of what God wants to do now. How many of you need God to move in a miraculous way right now? There's probably some in this room that you need God to move in a miraculous way right now. Slap some stones. Remember and reflect with eager anticipation of what he will do, what he's done, and what he can do now. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly of all that we can ask or think or imagine. One version says dream. So I'm going, God, help me to dream big. Lord, your word says this, help me to dream big. You, your word says we will do greater works as you will do greater works because I go to my Father. Are you expecting and anticipating? Guys, I'm preaching to myself this morning. If nobody gets anything out of this, it's all for me. And that's why you can go home and say, man, that guy preached to himself the whole time. But I'm telling you, God has been challenging me to expect, to anticipate just as I'm riding down the road and wanting to feel the touch of the master's hand. Pastor Jeff with the ice machine last week. It'll probably scare me a little bit, but then I'll be good. (laughs) But I'm challenging you. Expect and anticipate and the way you're going to thrive is slapping some stones and then God is going to move and work. I'm asking Jesus, will you move on my behalf and on these and you be glorified? Let's pray. Lord, we do love you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed 
be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth, in earth, in me, as it is in heaven. Lord, even though we may face great adversity, maybe disbelief, there may be someone here this morning that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior. And Lord, I pray that today's the day. Convict their heart. Draw them to you. In fact, your word says, if I'll be lifted up, I'll draw all men. Lord, we ask that you will move this morning. Lord, it may be discouragement. There may be some that are discouraged this morning. I pray that you will encourage them. Or maybe deception. It may be defeat. Maybe destruction. Maybe death. A multitude of problems. We look to you. God, we need you. We're thankful that through Jesus, our commander-in-chief, we can not only survive, but we can thrive in God's peace. Lord, I pray this morning that we will remind ourselves to remember, reflect, and recall, knowing that you did it then, you can still do it now. So, Lord, I pray that you will move, God, move and have your way. I just ask you this morning, just stay right there in in his presence. And if you don't know him as your personal Lord and Savior, you say, you know what, I've, I've, or maybe this, maybe you'd admit this morning, I'm not where I should be. Or, or, or maybe even this, maybe I've, I've lost my anticipation. Maybe I've lost my expectancy. I'm just kind of going through life. I'd ask you this morning, if you've never accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And I'd ask you this morning, if you would, raise your hand, let me see that. If you know you need to surrender your heart and your life to him, you're not living the way you need to live, you're not so totally surrendered to him, I pray you'll do that. This morning, you, you, like I said, you, you, you may be in a place where you're just discouraged. You just need to be encouraged. I pray for encouragement. I'm going to pray. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Jeff. And then I know that the altars will continue to be open. I'd love to pray with you. I just want to encourage you this morning. Slap some stones. Slap the expectation, anticipation that he can do it now. You may have loved ones that need to surrender their heart and life to Christ. Let's expect and anticipate. Lord, we we thank you for this time. Lord, I pray blessings over your people. Pray that you will minister to them, encourage them, uplift them. Lord, we pray for lost souls. We pray for expectancy and anticipation of what you can do. God, have your way in all of our lives.